reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom, Yedidim, my beloved friends today. Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Honey, we're going to be talking today about the glory of God and being set free in the righteousness of Yeshua, of Jesus, from the law. In other words, the law no longer defines whether we're righteous or unrighteous, since we know that no man can perfectly keep the law. And instead, we receive the free gift of Father's grace through His Son that were clothed in the very righteousness of God. Now, I filmed this episode in Colorado. And before we filmed, I prayed along with my team that God would reveal His beauty to us in nature. Because as you know, in Colorado, we're up in the mountains surrounded by the forest. And lo and behold, in the middle of filming, you'll see it today as I'm preaching, a deer literally walked right in back of me while I was preaching the Word of God. So that was beautiful. Wow, wow. It's like God's fingerprint. It's His sealing of what the Word you're bringing in this message. You know, it's it's the beauty of God that He's just really emphasizing that He's real, that He is alive, that He is in this message today, and that He wants to bring this beauty of Himself to you through this message today. So really perk up and listen, because this is Father God's Word for you today. Shalom uvrcha, beloved ones from the deep forest of Colorado. We're gonna continue today in our journey through the book of Romans. This is now the first episode in season four. Just a quick recap, and then we're gonna get into brand new material as we launch into chapter seven today. We've been preaching through the book of Romans expositorily. You can go back and get all the previous episodes. Here is, in a nutshell, the basic principles that we've covered. First of all, Paul began to lay the foundation that the whole world, all mankind, all flesh is guilty before God. And the reason that the Apostle Paul did that is he's preparing the world for the message of Yeshua, the Redeemer. In other words, Yeshua's primary purpose, beloved one, in coming to earth was to die on the cross for your sin, my sin, and indeed the sins of the whole world. But if people don't know they need a Redeemer, if they don't know they need someone to atone for their sins, then why do they think they need Jesus? So before, before Paul presents the ministry of Yeshua, he first of all brings conviction to the world, showing them once again, they're guilty. Gentiles are guilty because they disobeyed God in their conscience. In other words, the Holy Spirit worked in the lives of Gentiles to cause them to know right from wrong. And yet, even when people knew right from wrong in their conscience, even though Gentiles didn't have the law, they sinned against the witness of the Holy Spirit and they did wrong, even though they knew what was right. And that put them in a place of guilt before the Lord. And then Paul addresses the Jew. The Jew had the law. They had the Ten Commandments, they had the Torah, they had the written word. And even though they knew the word of God, God had revealed it to them at Mount Sinai, they transgressed the written word and they're guilty for transgressing the word. 
And beyond that, Paul says, we were all born into the bondage of sin because Adam, the forefather of the human race and the head of the human race, sinned. And when he sinned as our divine representative, the whole world became guilty, not just legally, but we actually inherited at that point a broken nature. And so you see after Adam, all the different descendants falling into sin once again, to the extent that the Lord even had to destroy the world with the flood, save Noah and his family, in order to cleanse the earth. And that, by the way, is a shadow of what's gonna happen with the return of Jesus. God is gonna once again cleanse the world, save his elect, those that are in the body of Christ, and he's gonna build a brand new creation. So that's what we began to lay in the previous episodes. Additionally, what we did is we talked about that before we received the Holy Spirit, after we put our trust in Jesus, let me say that again, before we came into redemption through Yeshua, and as a result of receiving Yeshua, we received the Holy Spirit, we were in bondage to sin. We had a desire sometimes to overcome, but the power was not within us. So mankind has been slaves to sin. But when Yeshua came and he gave us the Holy Spirit, now we have the potential to overcome sin. We still have to struggle with an evil nature in our flesh, but we have the power to overcome. So we looked at those foundations. Paul told us that, listen, now that you've received Yeshua, you are obligated to say no to sin and to say yes to God and to righteousness. And he went into great length and he said to us, listen, you cannot continue to present yourself to sin. And I just talked about some practical things that Christians do not even realizing that they're sinning. For example, slandering other people. That's the powers of darkness. We now have the Holy Spirit. We have to resist the powers of darkness, say yes to Jesus and walk in righteousness. I talked about many different things, including overeating, hating, jealousy, envy, pride, all those things that are from the realm of darkness. Now that we have the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, we have to check those desires. We have to check those passions. We have to check those instincts and present ourselves as slaves to righteousness. And this takes work. And this is why Yeshua said in the book of Revelation seven times, he that overcomes will inherit the paradise of God. In other words, beloved, we're in a fight and we know the difference now between right and wrong and we have to warfare to choose good. Now, with all that said, covered in my previous episodes, I wanna move in to new material. I'm going to the book of Romans chapter number seven. I'm gonna make application to Jew and Gentile here. Some that are listening today that are not uh, that are not Jewish, you'll maybe wonder in the beginning, well, how does this apply to me? Because you're talking about the law, and we know that the law refers to the Ten Commandments and the law in the Torah, the first five books of our Bible. So you're wondering, I'm a Gentile, so how does that apply to me? But I'm gonna share with you, Mr. and Mrs. Gentile, I say that humorously and with love, how it applies to all of us, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. Hear the word of God as Jew and Gentile. Receive God's word as one in Messiah. Paul says, or do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to 
another to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. What is going on here? Paul is saying that before Yeshua came, Jewish people were bound under the law. The law had a purpose. We're gonna see that the law is good, but the law stirred up within us passion. In other words, stolen fruit is sweet. Have you heard that expression before? I'm talking to Gentiles right now because you might be thinking again, how does the law apply to me? Well, listen to the concept. Stolen fruit is sweet. We've all heard that. And what that means is somehow when we know that something is wrong, it causes passion to be stirred up within us. To It intensifies desire. And so when you think about the law, if you're not Jewish, just think about the principle that the law is holy, righteous, and good. And when God came to the Jewish people and said, this is good, do it, or this is wrong, don't do it, what it did is it stirred up sin within them. The sin was already there, but now knowing clearly the difference between right and wrong, it somehow caused sin to become utterly sinful. In other words, it rose to the surface and it could be seen for what it is. The law actually caused sin to intensify in order that mankind would be convicted. But God said in the verse we just read that we are no longer to relate to him. Listen, we are no longer to relate to him as just a moral God. You see, before Yeshua came, the Jewish people had the law. And in the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord said, these are all the laws now. And if you do all these laws, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed coming in. You'll be blessed coming out. The fruit of your offspring will be blessed. Everything you put your hands to are going to be blessed, is going to be blessed if you'll do all these laws. But if you don't practice all these laws, if you forsake them and sin against them, then you're going to be cursed when you come in, cursed when you go out, your offspring's going to be cursed, etc., etc. So the whole way of relating to the Lord before Yeshua Messiah came was this ethical, moral standard. And humankind is not capable of living up to the standard. But that was the only revelation that was there. It was the law. And that was the way the Hebrew people related to God was through the law. And again, it was a moral standard of right and wrong. And it actually, even though it promised life, because the Lord said, if you do all these things, you're going to be blessed. The law held out the promise of life, but because no one was able to live up to their qualification, to their demand for them to inherit the blessing, it actually became condemnation. Do you understand what I'm saying? The law held forth a promise of blessing. The promise of blessing was, if you keep the law, you're gonna be blessed. But because no one could keep the law with perfection, rather than being blessed, the curse of the law came upon them. So it held the promise of blessing, but it brought a curse. But now that Yeshua has come, we've been released from relating to the Lord like that. We no longer relate to him through the law, first of all, but now we relate to him, beloved one, through the person of his son. So Paul just used the example that when a woman is married, she's bound to her husband as long as her husband is living. But if her husband passes away, 
She's released from that relationship and can be married to another. So Paul is saying to us, before Jesus came, you were bound to God through the law. But now, because Jesus perfectly kept the law and we were in him and then he died on the cross, we're released from being bound to the law even as a woman is released from her husband when her husband dies. And now that Yeshua embodied the law and we were in him when he died, now that he did that, we're released from the law to be bound to another, to Yeshua himself. Oftentimes when we come to Africa, the ministries that we're connected with and working through there have orphanages. And here in Kenya, during this trip, it was no different. We went to an orphanage. The people that were running the orphanages seemed to have a really godly, servant-like spirit. The kids were so cute. And we just had an opportunity just to spend time with them, to love them, to sow a little bit into their ministry, and uh, just to be with them. In behalf of the ministry, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and all those that support Discovering the Jewish Jesus from around the globe, we just want to give you the special offering for the continuance of your work here. We pray that it will be a blessing. And Keep y'all going. In Africa, there are so many orphan children. Oftentimes when, a, when an African child is born with a deformity, uh, the parents give them up and just desert them. And uh, what happens is that these orphanages uh, end up caring for, for these deserted little children. And um, going to the orphanage just reminded me of the words of Jesus and how it's important to live out our, our walk with him by doing something to take care of these, these orphans. First of all, I want to say a big Todah Rabbah, which is Hebrew for thank you very much to all my monthly partners. If you've been being blessed by this ministry and you believe that the Lord is using it to touch people's lives all around the earth, I want to ask you to open your heart and seek to see if the Lord would have you become a monthly partner with Discovering the Jewish Jesus to honor Him. Beloved, we need to be supporting ministries that are preaching the gospel, preparing the earth for Jesus' return. If you feel a witness in your spirit to become a monthly partner with us, I just ask you, beloved, be obedient to that witness. God bless you, I love you, and shalom. Listen again before we continue. For the woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. In verse four, therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit to God. What is the beautiful truth about this is that we no longer relate to God just on the basis of having to live up to a moral standard 
but now we have a relationship with a God who's a person that's full of compassion, who loves us, who understands our weakness, who sympathizes with us, one whom we can bear our soul to, what we can cry out for help to. Now we're, now we're released from the law and we're brought into a relationship with a person. Isn't that beautiful? And this person, this one that died on the cross, as I've been saying, he loves us just the way we are. And beloved, you and I need to receive this message. God loves you, beloved child, just the way you are right now, right where you're sitting. The Bible says Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. It boggles my mind why someone would wanna reject this message. I was walking through a trail, a little a dirt road in the middle of the forest just a few days ago. And as I was walking through the forest, there was a man that had a little trailer uh, set up and he was kind of living there for a few days. And I began to witness to him, share Jesus with him. And he had some real convoluted idea of who Jesus was. And I said, have you ever read the New Testament? And he said, no. I said, well, the New Testament is really the only historical document that we have that accurately records for us who Jesus was and what he said. So what you're saying about Jesus is not in the New Testament. He wasn't just a man that people misunderstood. I said, he was God clothed in humanity that died on the cross for our sins. And he said such a wretched, blasphemous thing. It just blew my mind. I mean, he just, I won't even say it because it just grieves me to even repeat what he said, but just a foul rejection of the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sin. He said, I'd rather burn in hell than accept that. And I, it was just full of the devil. Yeah, just the other day, I was in a restaurant and uh, uh, I was shared with our server uh, that our protection in this earth is only God. And she said, I believe in science. I, I believe in reading books. And I, was, I thought, why would someone not want God to protect them? And when the server came back over a few minutes later, I said, I just want you to know one thing. Jesus died for you and loves you. I think that word was so piercing, she couldn't help but say, I love that. And you know, beloved, God is a person. And that's what Paul is saying. You've been released from the law. God isn't judging you just on being right or wrong. I mean, think about a prostitute. A lot of people consider prostitution as the most vile sin on the earth, the most morally debased sin, perhaps, that someone could be walking in. But you know, when God looks at a prostitute now through Jesus, he doesn't just see the sin of the prostitute, he sees a broken soul. Many of these people that are practicing prostitution grew up in broken homes whose parents uh, were divorced or maybe never even married. Oftentimes the parents were drug addicts and, and, you know, and so God doesn't just see somebody practicing prostitution. He sees a little child that was abandoned as a child, a little child that was reared in a home with no parental love and no parental boundaries. He sees, sees a little child raised in a home with a drug addict. You see, God's a person. And that's what he revealed to us in the person of Yeshua. The law, the Bible says, was a taskmaster to convict the world of sin so that you and I would recognize, I need you, God. I'm gonna go to hell if I don't have you. I am evil. And so God says, yes, but I love you. And I'm gonna cleanse you from the evil that you inherited from Adam. I'm gonna cleanse you and forgive you for the evil that you've done. I'm gonna restore you. 
I'm gonna recreate you. I'm gonna make you a brand new creation. And you are now in Jesus, holy and blameless before me in love. And I love you. And I created you in my image to become one with you and united in you with you. That's the message of the gospel. Beloved, that's the message of the gospel. Now, before we close today's episode, I wanna make a few brief comments about a subject there's confusion about. You know, there's been a lot of anti-Semitism in the church for almost 2,000 years. And I could go into all the reasons for that. I have other series on that that I would encourage you to, to, to go see for more information. For example, a series about the division, how Judaism and Christianity became separated. I explain all the reasons that there's anti-Semitism in the church. But now I just want to say that because of anti-Semitism, a lot of wrong theology has been created. And one of the concepts in this anti-Semitic wrong theology is that many people in the Gentile church have looked at the law as if it's a bad thing. They say, oh, we're no longer under the law. We don't need the law. The law is a bad thing. But beloved, the law is a good thing. Listen to what Paul said about the law. Paul said in verse number seven, what should we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. Listen to what Paul said. Is the law sin? He says emphatically, may it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had said, do not covet. But sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind, for apart from the law, sin is dead. So you see, the law, Paul said, is holy in verse number 12, holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. So Paul's saying, no, the law is good. It has a purpose. It serves a purpose. Listen to verse number 12 again. So then the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. And so don't ever think that the law is bad. It's beautiful. And it's an elementary grace to lead us to Yeshua because it convicts us of sin. And it held Israel together as a nation so that they would be intact to release the Savior to the world as a Jew. And beyond that, beloved, the law is God's self-revelation. And as we study the law, not because we're under it, but because it's a self-revelation of God, we can learn so much about who God is. And this is why Yeshua said, do not think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets, for I've not come to abolish, but to fulfill. I just feel God's love for you right now so strong. Isn't this good news? Let's just take a moment and pray. Father God, we just rejoice in the fact that we have hope in this world. We have a destiny, that we have a life beyond what's going on in this earth. Father, that this earth in its present form is not our home. Father, you said that we're aliens and strangers here, that we're living for a higher purpose, a greater reality. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your beauty. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for this revelation. Thank you that we can bear our soul to you, that we can cry out to you, that we can tell you everything, that you'll never condemn us, but you'll save us for you save your people from their sins. Father, we thank you and we bless you today in the name of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach. Father, there's a big yes, a big yes, a big yes in our heart to you. 
We love you. And we ask you, King Yeshua, to complete the work that you started in our lives for your glory. Amen. Beloved, it's important that we put God first in every area of our lives. It concerns me that it seems that so many people today are trying to use God for an experience, but they're not being obedient. I think of many, many people that are going to churches, they love the worship music, but they're not being obedient to God's word. Jesus said, unless a man picks up his cross, denies himself and follows me, he cannot be my disciple. Sacrificial obedience is the only way to truly walk hand in hand with God. This is why it's important how we handle our finances. Going back to the first book of the Bible with Abraham, all the way through the New Testament, we see that those that truly walk with God honor Him in every area of their lives, including their finances. I wanna just ask you today, if discovering the Jewish Jesus is being used by Father God in your life to be a blessing, would you honor Him with your finances through this ministry? Thank you for your love and for your financial support. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers chapter six, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yahweh, Yahweh, Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasim Lecha the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. 
If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, join Rabbi as he shines a light on the struggle of choosing between our fleshly desires and the desires of God. Don't miss this exciting episode.